among the guests we have with us in studio touching on uh, the Hajj special. Uh, we spoke to Ashraf Gada from SAFM earlier on and uh, we have with us in studio Dr. Salim Parker. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And I must say quite an appropriately termed program, Burning Issues, because we're going to be talking of the issues that were burning the hujaj this year <laughs> inshallah <laughs> absolutely yes do remember your sms's and comments 47913 alternatively via whatsapp 0722380712 yes there are uh, whatsapps uh, personal and other that have been streaming in for people that are tuned in particularly youth movements that are tuned in this monday evening uh, on the burning issue also keeping uh, keeping it locked to 91.3 fm in particular the muslim students Association of Cape and uh, they are ardently tuned in and they are sending their dedications through so to all of you you are absolutely amazing and uh, do do keep it locked to 91.3 FM but do uh, but moving on now of course Hajj comes with its challenges and the ultimate test is the grueling physical journey under extreme heat conditions even for the most active of people it is very tough now imagine for the elderly and those with chronic conditions the South African medical team on Hajj certainly had their work cut out for them yeah, absolutely no but let's look at the positives first and as the brother who preceded me uh, alluded to um, yes there is a certain mindset that allows you to tolerate the heat and alhamdulillah I mean the passion of of the Hajj and the spiritual upliftment of it was really really evident and I think most people had a very uplifting Hajj mm-hmm. alhamdulillah and no we are very grateful for uh, to our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that However, there were challenges, sure. and I don't think we should uh, make light of it. I mean, the temperatures were really, really high this year. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was um, ranging, like you mentioned earlier, up, up to 45 degrees, and a couple of days after Hajj, one day even reached up to 50 degrees. Really? Most of our Hujaj were still present in the, uh, in the Holy Lands. Shows that it was quite an extreme uh, type of uh, event. Mm-hmm. Second issue was that the humidity this year was remarkably high. Right. Um, it was reaching up to 75% uh, at times. Now, to put it in context, if the temperature goes over 40 degrees, and the humidity goes over 75, mm-hmm. your body's ability to adjust starts deteriorating. So yes, you'll sweat, yes, you will try, uh, your body will try to um, what we call vasodilate. In other words, your blood vessels become uh, wider so that you can get rid of more heat. You can get, you sweat more profusely, sure. but you don't do enough of it. And this is what happened uh, this particular year. We saw many more people suffering from uh, what we call heat exhaustion. Alhamdulillah, not so much heat stroke and uh, and more severe injuries la- like that because there was a lot and uh, extreme uh, education that went on way before that already. Okay. We started in South Africa already with mm-hmm. the uh, Islamic Medical Association, with the uh, classes that we ran emphasizing uh, to people that they should uh, what what avoidance measures to take to prevent heat exhaustion the Saudis uh, alhamdulillah also had extremely well running um, programs educating people about the effects of heat right but yet when you they sometimes you just can't uh, es- escape that and we literally had people collapsing in the tents wow. on Mina and on Arafa especially when uh, things did not go according to plan and you know we always look at uh, at the medical issues here, but it's linked with everything else. For example, if services were not provided, a simple one like an air conditioner, like uh, the special, so-called special services where I was, where I was the operating doctor, mm-hmm. um, the, they were 
brilliant. I mean, we went there in the morning. There were brand new air conditioners provided there, but there were no plugs or, with it. They were just really? wires. Yep. So all the wow. operators got together. They got plugs. Then there were not enough power points. Sure. So you can have all the uh, facilities in the world, mm-hmm. but if it's not working, it's not really going to be of any help. Absolutely. I spent the uh, first day on the, of Yomul Tarawiya, um, literally from about 9 o'clock till the work time, trying to get plugs. In fact, one lady came up to me and asked, asked me to fix her phone for her because she thought I'm one of the technicians. There. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a fit in my cap, you know, maybe I'm a better technician than a doctor. But that sure. was the reality of, of it. Um, this is not special services. Right. Um, other factors, for example, in the normal, so-called normal camp, and I don't like distinguishing between them, but um, this is just what the reality was this, mm-hmm. this year. People came to the camp. And the camp allocations were not properly done. And it's not Saug's fault. It's not the agent's fault. It's the service provider from the Saudi side who told them everything will be sorted out before you get here. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And I think we've got to really look as to how we actually approach all that um, so that when the Hujads come, everything is in place. All the facilities that they paid for. Remember Hujads? Pay for the um, uh, what's called the tanazul, whether they're on special services or not. Yes. They pay for basic services. Those who pay for special services are entitled to it. Absolutely. And this has to be looked at so that medical issues do not occur as they did this particular year. Sure. Uh, in uh, comparatively, in previous years, did uh, you know, in terms of these absolute basic stuff, uh, you know, we might think of them as minor, but they contribute to the functionality of equipment. Uh, comparatively to other years, um, do you think, you know, what, uh, you know, they, um, they they haven't exceeded your expectations, maybe? Look, all I can say is we, these type of problems occur every year. Sometimes, okay. it, it, uh, sometimes elect- it's electricity. This year, one of the major stumbling blocks, uh, mm-hmm. which is even more uh, worrying, was that in the my camp, which is a so-called special services camp on Arafah, there was no water after 4 o'clock. On the normal services, oh. there was no water after 3 o'clock. Sure. So th- we are looking at basic, basic services that affects people's health. Absolutely. You know? And, and uh, f- f- if you have a look at this year's, um, I mean this month's uh, Hajj storage, which was based on an issue of a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. Also, um, I, I allude to the fact that there was problems with equipment that was supposed to be um, uh, supplied seven years ago. I had a similar story last year. We, we had the best of tents on Arafah. Mm-hmm. Um, and these were what we call these special um, fiberglass encrusted tents. Okay. And if the aircon worked, it was absolutely brilliant. But then there was a major electricity cutout. This is now last year. Mm-hmm. These tents can't open up along the sides. So the temperature inside the tents went up to 55 degrees. Wow. And my colleague who was uh, Dr. Shafiq Ismail was actually on the normal services camp. Right. Indicated that at one stage he, he went into a tent and realized that the coolers in there weren't working. And that's why the people in the tent were collapsing. But, you know, when you're in a tent, you don't realize that it's not working properly. Yes. And the ladies in there actually thought this is part of the suburb. It's not part of the <laughs> suburb. No, and sure. you know, uh, really, if a bus breaks down, that is in Allah's hands. Absolutely. No, but if services that people paid for that are expected to be uh, delivered mm-hmm. are not uh, forthcoming, then the authorities, whether it's an agent, whether it's SAUG, mm-hmm. MAS, and with the South African uh, um, the, the, you know, the consulate and so forth should get together and say that we are paying for these particular services. We cannot have 
a, a repetition of this year after year after year. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, in touching with awareness with regards to heat and uh, heat exhaustion, the consequences thereafter, if you look at the Hidri calendar in the years to come, at least in the next four or five years, uh, we will be heading closer to peak summer, you know, June, July. And, uh, uh, you know, d- does that raise concern that, you know, what uh, these incidents are likely to increase? There's two ways of looking at it. One is, yes, the temperature is going to increase. Uh But the second thing is our knowledge of heat uh, exhaustion is getting more and more, um, uh, you know, of of use as to how to advise our hujaj. Okay. So there's a couple of things that we want to emphasize now already. Yes. People have a relatively good idea whether they're going next year or not. Uh People start exercising now you know we, we, it sounds like i'm a stuck record here but it is known and those people who walked with me and over 100 people walked from arafat to Muz, uh, to Muzdalifa and to mina and then subsequently went to Makkah afterwards right. on foot um most of the t- time those people were test with if you're relatively fit there is nothing better than actually having the spiritual um, benefits of Hajj accentuated mm-hmm. by your physical fitness. Absolutely. That's the first part. Mm-hmm. The second uh, um, issue I want to emphasize again is people go for Hajj. But because, you, and I don't blame people, you know, there is this craving to do as much Umrahs as possible. I mean, people were doing two, three Umrahs a week. Mm-hmm. And by the time they came for uh, Hajj period came, they were exhausted. Right. I mean, they, they don't really, you don't really feel it if you do it two, three times a week. But that accumulative effort in the heat and in the humidity during the five days of Hajj when the physical exertion is even more mm-hmm. actually uh, had a telling effect on a lot of people this year. Wow, definitely. Um, you know, touching on a little bit, uh, uh, in addition to heat strokes and uh, heat exhaustion and the consequences and stuff, uh, were there other special, other special medical situations that you had to tend to this year? The one the difference this year was that a lot of chronic uh, medical conditions were actually more prominent than we normally ante- and, uh, anticipated to be. For example, we normally know that people with high blood pressure, because mm-hmm. they walk quite a lot uh, and because they ex- um, they're physically much more active, they tend to uh, have uh, the blood pressure tends to be well controlled. But this year went haywire. Okay. Our suspicion is that. Because it was so hot and humid, people consumed much more liquids Fluid. than uh, uh, previously, uh-huh. but mostly non uh, water based. Uh, sorry, na- mostly it was not pure water, it was intended okay. to be juices and uh, cool, cool drinks, drinks and so forth. And what we do know is that if you know, if you start sweating and if you're in a particular uh, place long enough, mm-hmm. your body actually adjusts. So if we sweat a lot in Cape Town, for example, if we had to go around the 10 kilometers now, mm-hmm. we'll have a certain percentage of salt in our uh, sweat. If we go to Saudi Arabia and we've been there for two to three weeks, our, bo- our body then adjusts. So you do sweat, but you sweat with less salt. Okay. So we, our suspicion is that people actually um, sweated quite profusely, uh-huh. then uh, replaced it with in effect too much salt. And we know that salt is one of the contributing factors to blood pressure being uh, uh, being out of control. Absolutely. So uh, again, we, we our advice for Khujaj for the next couple of years is going to be that Get as fit as possible, and everyone cannot run 10 kilometers in an hour, but as fit as you can be. And people always ask me, what is fitness? When we normally say, if you can walk for 30 minutes on a flat um, surface um, without really having to stop, that's an adequate level of fitness. 
obviously you should be uh, you, you should try for and strive for for higher levels than that but that that is your yardstick that you should be able to um, perform in order for to perform your Hajj with relative comfort absolutely fir- uh, first and the second thing again is go for as long as possible okay if you know that you're going try to go for six weeks try to go the six to seven week packages because then your body acclimatizes way in advance mm-hmm. before Hajj starts um, just moving quickly to our, our WhatsApp line, and I'm I'm reading this because I find it quite interesting. Six nine four five. Assalamu alaikum, Doc Hajj Makbul and Mabrur Amin. Yeah, you hit the hammer on the nail. Some people have the attitude that you're on Hajj. It's a spiritual event. Sabr. You mustn't talk. I had this discussion with my uncle. Grinding my feet, I walked away. We just were not on the same page. And uh, doctor, very importantly, it also seems the industry is not really equipped to handle disability. Very worrying. I think, uh, inshallah, before we tackle that one, Doc, uh, in our time to gather our thoughts, let us go to the marketplace. Resume shortly thereafter. Stay tuned. Welcome back, respected listeners. Hajj special on the burning issue with myself, Muhammad Sheikh, and our guest in studio at present, Dr. Salim Parker. Yes, an array of interesting questions coming through, inshallah. Uh, I wish we had more time to cover all of them, but I will try to get as uh, much as I can in this time. Now, we touched on the concept of uh, you know facilities available for those that are, you know, are physically challenged in any way, uh, or what people refer to it normally as uh, people who have disabilities. Uh, Doc, your comments on that? Yeah, you know, uh, firstly, you can never blame the agent, you know, and it's not because I travel with a particular agent or because the uh, next two guests are good friends of mine. But let's look at the reality. Um, For each 50 hujads that an agent has, he's got one worker to take with. Right. If there's someone with a disability, like someone in a wheelchair who needs to be pushed, you're taking that worker away. For example, if you're going to the, do an Umrah, you're taking that person away to do a physically challenging job of mm-hmm. pushing a wheelchair for Tawaf, for Sa'i, leaving 49 other Hujaj uh, potentially unattended to. Yes. So I, I don't think you can blame the, uh, you know, it's, it's firstly the uh, issue with the, with the agent. Absolutely not. Right. I think the system needs to be re-looked at. Sure. But also, yes, there's adequate facilities for uh, for disabled people. These mm-hmm. ramps, these uh, wheelchairs, but they all come at a cost. Okay. Um, for example, people on the day uh, on um, on the day after Arafah, which was Eid for you people here, yeah, um, mm-hmm. they were charging 300 reals to push per, push a person in a wheelchair for Tawaf and Sa'i. I mean, that's a thousand. 300 reals. That's a thousand one hundred rand per person. If it's a couple, it's over two thousand rands. Now, if people budgeted for it, Alhamdulillah. There was, yes, in, in the groups, there's always people who are willing to assist. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the numbers sometimes uh, are quite disproportionate. You might have, uh, a, uh, for example, 10 people in wheelchairs, and there's a group of 50. Um, they, it, it's a complete mismatch when it comes to those type of uh, issues, so it's not always possible. What has to happen is that and I always put this in our classes that if someone is disabled or needs assistance, mm-hmm. they must make representations to um, to authorities for them to have some assistance. Right. Um, and, and I always say anyone can go for Hajj, and everyone who's eligible to go for Hajj should go for Hajj, provided firstly mm-hmm. that they're not a burden unto others, mm-hmm. and secondly that they have someone who can assist them. And I think 
the whole issue of what's called the Mujamila visas uh, have to be looked at. Mm-hmm. To put it in perspective, there were 2,500 accredited hujaj this year. Yes. There was over 500 what's called Mujamila with these courtesy visas issued by the embassy. Right. Now, if we can form some method and here the think tank of Satawa, Sauk, um, the ulama have to get together and then um, whenever people are credited for Hajj, they should actually make representations to Sauk, for example, and say, this person is in a wheelchair. Is there someone who can assist them uh, or is there a family member who has not been on Hajj but has not been accredited yet but has applied, for example, who can then go with them? You know, there are various permutations that we can look at. I'm just giving you one uh, particular angle that we can look at it mm-hmm. because there were over 3,000 South African Khujads this year, not 2,500. 2,500 were the accredited ones. Right. Over 500 were courtesy visas, which was given at the uh, at the uh, behest of the uh, Saudi embassy this year. Sure. Uh, okay, so yes, I mean, uh, you do have the right to have an assistance, uh, to have assistance rather from, you know, an extra person, which can be facilitated via those visas. I mean, you know, with uh, uh, a valid claim, etc., to the embassy and so forth. And I think uh, um, uh, there is a way. Look, but they, sh- they should also be very... Uh, uh, transparent and open uh, methodology behind it. Sure. Um, it shouldn't be a case of, uh, I want my son to go with, so I'll say I'm in a wheelchair. And this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's the best way forward. Because yes. that's, that's the two extremes. The, the older person who's safe for 20 years, and when he gets accredited, he has a stroke, but his heart and his desire is to go to Ma- Makkah. Mm-hmm. His heart and desire is to perform his Hajj because he saved 20 years for it, and he couldn't predict the calamity that hit him. Now he really needs assistance. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you have the other person who's, uh, who wants to go, but he wants someone with him, but he's not really disabled. Sure. And uh, you know, it's going to be not easy to... Uh, to distinguish between these extremes when he, when the when someone is somewhere in the middle mm, absolutely um with two minutes left on our uh clock for this particular evening dr salim sure i don't know i have three questions lingering on my mind let's hear them <laughs> so i'll try and summarize them as quick as i can the first is um you know the protocol involved when a south african haji dies or any non-arab uh, haji dies during that type of period is there a long extensive uh, protocol that needs to be covered well we had um whilst we were on uh, on arab in fact just after we took um, one of our beloved hujaj uh, mr hanika mm-hmm. got separated from his wife just after he, he pelted um jamarats and when she turned around, he was gone. He passed away in a state of Ikhram stove. That's the highest state that anyone can Absolutely. Um, pass away. Inshallah, Allah will grant him Jannah. Amen, I mean. No, But uh, what happens in the case like this, that is that the consul general gets involved immediately. Sal gets involved. And um, the agent who the person was traveling with obviously gets involved as well. Sure. And normally the process to get the person um Janazas uh, sorted out is normally within a day. Really? So, yes. So we never have if it's if the death is natural. Okay. So there's never an issue as far as that is concerned. Sure. And in the case of uh, Mr. Anika, I had to leave, um, but I think he, his janazah was the very next day. So um, I might be wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. So please forgive me if I 
sure. by the day, but um, I'm pretty certain it was a day later, um, where the janaza was um, was performed. The paperwork can take a bit longer, and the reason for that is it's um, the official departments uh, in Saudi Arabia are closed during that time. You know, oh, it's public holidays, okay. it's Eid, it yes. is festive season for them. Right. So all the uh, p- uh, public departments like Department of Foreign Affairs, Internal Affairs and Hajj Ministry, um, their paperwork uh, sections are basically closed. So it can take a while for all those um, things to be sorted out, but they inevitably do get sorted out because the uh, so the South African uh, Consul General and SAUC, um, they normally work on these cases until it's resolved. Okay, wonderful indeed. Uh, shukran so much, Dr. Salim Parker, the Hajj Doctor. Don't see. Oh, Dad said, hey, I'm looking forward to look, uh, reading some of those contents, especially for this year, inshallah. But uh, we'd like to say hearty shukran to you for taking the time out, availing yourself, and uh, giving us insight into Hajj 2017. Now, and shukran for the invitation. And again, for those who judge are going next year, inshallah, the Islamic Medical Association, together with a certain uh, number of doctors like Dr. Jaffa, will institute, uh, institute a running um, or walking club. We don't want to do any running. Right. A fit for Hajj issue for ne- those people who are going to go on Hajj next year, but we are working on the protocol for it in the next couple of months. Inshallah. I hope yes. it uh, comes to fruition and success. Shukran so much On that note inshallah It's time to break for the Waqt of Aisha We'll resume shortly thereafter Stay tuned on 91.3 FM